Sorry, folks. My uh, my AirPods haven't been working this whole time. Can you guys hear me now? Um, yep. Can you? <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, I've been. Uh, I guess I've been talking to myself for a little while. That's interesting. <laughs> all right, um, Anthony. Who <laughs> who else from your side do I have to pull up? I think you said uh, Red. Yeah, Redvale. I invited him. I think he might be on. Uh, could be on desktop. We've noticed that that doesn't let you. Uh, if you're on desktop, you can't speak in these. Yeah, that could yeah, be. Yeah, so if he wants to transition over to, you know, to mobile, make it a little bit easier on him. And then Millie pulling you up as well. In a couple minutes, we should be ready to get started. Sounds good. All right, perfect. Hey, everybody. What's up, Millie? Not too bad. I forgot again that I can't join from desktop, and I was on my desktop <laughs> trying to get my mic to work. <laughs> yeah, happens for the best of us. Happens for the best of us. All right, cool. I'll just wait for uh, I'll just wait for Redvale to uh, to get himself set up, and then we should be all good to get started. Caleb, I know that you wanted to uh, to hop on at points as well, so. I'll send you invites, but on the mobile, you're not going to be able to speak. Okay, perfect. I think I think we've got everyone up there. Can everyone uh, can everyone hear each other? Everyone can speak just before we get started. Let me just make sure. Can you guys hear me? Loud and yep. clear, Caleb. Okay. It is always a pleasure, man. Yep. Hey. Thank hey, you, guys. Okay. Perfect. Uh, we're all good for your guys. Yeah, I think we got everyone. Perfect. All yeah, right. I think so. Um, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for coming today, and welcome to uh, to another one of our Spartan Spaces, where we bring on interesting projects that will, you know, either integrate with synthetics or, you know, in the future will integrate with synthetics. Um, and today we've got on uh, Popcorn Finance. Um, I will let them do a little bit of a, a brief intro about themselves. I'll tell everyone at first that they're a, a yield aggregator that, you know, donates some portion of the yield to charity, uh, and integrates with synthetics, uh, on Ethereum mainnet, but I'll pass it over to Anthony to give a little bit of an intro about himself. Um, and then a little bit of an intro about popcorn. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so my name is Anthony Martin, um, the founder of popcorn. Um, so uh, you can find us on uh, popcorn.network and popcorndow.finance. So, um, yeah, the, uh, I wrote the white paper for Popcorn about uh, a little bit over a year ago. Um, so I saw some incredible things happening in DeFi and, you know, all this, like, value that was being generated. Um, but, you know, I recognized that the, the, the DeFi space and, and just Web3 in general really is not just some like casino gambling like experience and there's a lot more to it than that um you know there's this whole um this whole movement that's actually brewing with regenerative finance and um with with public goods funding and this is very much a part of what web3 is and um you know i, I recognize that something that was missing in in the ecosystem was a a, a DeFi project that would not just capture the the value and, and hoard it for all the token holders, but um, 
but you know, to to create something that is um, giving back to nonprofit public goods um, NGOs and, and, and organizations like that. So I, I thought that this was missing, and so um, I, I wrote a, a paper to describe a decentralized grant system where uh, token holders would be able to uh, determine allocations for nonprofits and organizations to receive funding from the fees that we generate. And uh, so far, um, we've launched um, a couple different products, some staking products and um, and a yield optimizer that's based on stable coins, um, but mostly USD peg stable coins. Um, and now uh, we're, we're going to be launching a couple other products in, in the very near future. Uh, 4X is one of them, and this one is integrated with synthetics. Um, and so that's why we're here, and that's why we're talking. So. Um, yeah, uh, maybe I'll pass it on to uh, to Leon, our, our lead dev. Hey guys, yeah. So I think let's hop on pretty pretty nicely, and um, I guess I'm talking a bit more about the products. Um, yeah, lead dev in popcorn here since pretty much the beginning. We met on like chaining hackathon, I think, and since then working together on on popcorn. Um, yeah, and after like our first product butter, essentially, uh, we decided that it is cool to have a basket of a bunch of uncorrelated, like a bunch of stable coins based on the dollar. But it would be even cooler to have the same thing just with a bunch of forex tokens. And this is essentially how the idea of forex was born: to bundle a bunch of forex tokens, give you yield on them, and make it much much easier to get into the ecosystem and to use it at once. I'm guessing we will speak more about it later, but that's the support. Got it. Perfect. Thanks, guys, for the intro. So just to just to like sum it up for the audience, you would describe Popcorn Finance as a yield aggregator on um, mainnet Ethereum that will go out and find, you know, any sort of yield <laughs> that can be generated with uh, users' capital. And then from there, on top of it, like the extra twist is that you guys will... Um, allow people to allocate a certain amount of their uh, yield farming revenue uh, to charities, correct? Uh, yeah, that's, that's more or less uh, on point. A um, couple um, things to note. So we're not just on uh, Ethereum mainnet, we're also on uh, Polygon, Arbitrum, and BNB chain. Um, so these are uh, some of the chains that we're, we have smart uh, contracts deployed to right now. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're looking for uh, unique um, missing yield opportunities that um, that we're able to kind of put together, um, create some strategies around them, automate the on-ramping and off-ramping of those strategies is oftentimes it is um, time intensive, expensive to to enter into some of these strategies that are uh, quite profitable. So um, yeah, we're, we're we're trying to find the best of uh, best of the yield that's out there on on all these chains. Got it, got it. Okay. And as of like current strategies, do you just chat a little bit about like some of the current strategies that are that are uh, available for people? Like what they deposit and then, you know, who you're integrated with to, to automatically earn yield for, for users? Yeah, sure. So on the staking side, it is um, uh, mo mostly pertaining to our products. So with the, the POP token, so you can stake your uh, POP token, you can stake uh, your LP tokens if you're providing liquidity on um, 
on Uniswap v3 on mainnet or uh, right now SushiSwap on on Polygon. So you can stick your LP tokens there. Um, and on the on the I guess uh, exogenous side, you know, pro products that have nothing to do with with the popcorn project itself. Uh, we recently launched Butter, which, which Leon had just uh, alluded to before and I had mentioned briefly. Um, so uh, again, Butter is a diversified basket of uh, wrapped yield-bearing stablecoins. Um, and this one is on, on, on main Ethereum. Uh, very soon, we're going to have single asset deposits um, for, or rather, uh, single asset vaults. So one can deposit um, for instance, wrapped BTC or ETH and earn uh, yield on that with pop rewards on top of it as well. Um, so this is going to be launched uh, within the next couple of weeks as well. Got it, got it. Awesome. And just when it comes to the charitable side of this, I'm, I'm very curious how it works. And I, I don't know if it's fully live yet, but how does the protocol and the users decide like which charities you know, some amount of yield should go to? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, at the, the, the center of, of, of this uh, protocol, I, I suppose there's a, uh, what we're calling a rewards manager contract. So all of the fees that we generate and the different products that we're creating, um, all of the fees are being sent to this one contract. Now this contract is then responsible for distributing those fees to the different stakeholders of the system. And one of the most important stakeholders of the system are the nonprofit social impact organizations that have been voted on by the token holders. So, you know, once the, once the fees come into this contract, it will uh, swap the, the fees for, for pop tokens and it will distribute it to these different uh, um, stakeholders. So one is the nonprofit organizations, then there's the treasury, and then there is the, the pop stakers themselves too. Um, so be, well, once the, once the, the funds are sent to uh, the, the nonprofit organizations, the ones that can actually receive it have to go through a two-step governance process. So the first step is to be nominated. And then after they're nominated, they can uh, register for grant rounds. So the grant rounds and the nominations, they're all uh, basically uh, led by the token holders. So token holders can uh, vote on organizations to be nominated. And then also uh, once they're nominated and they uh, are, are eligible to receive grants, then they can vote on them to receive the actual grants on a quarterly, uh, a monthly or yearly basis. So that's how it works. Got it, awesome. You you actually answered one of my next questions about like how these organizations apply and and you know things along those lines. Um, but um, when it comes to like the fees that you're talking about, um, is this a portion of the fees that are taken from? Um, um, is this a portion of the fees that when users deposit in, they pay uh, like you know from their yield farming revenue that they generate, or could, could you just talk about a little bit of the yield uh, the the fee structure rather behind popcorn? Sure. So the fees really depend on the kind of products that we're launching. So um, as an example for the basket product that uh, we mentioned before, Butter, uh, we're, we're taking a streaming fee, which is um, basically a, a fee over, it's, it's like a management fee, uh, essentially. So um, right now it's set to uh, 50 basis points. Um, so 
this 50 the 50 basis points the fee that we take um, is then sent to that rewards manager and then um, and then it will be distributed to to the stakeholders as I mentioned before um, so that's just for that particular product uh, there's also deposit fees there's um, withdrawal fees uh, right now the deposit fee is not implemented um, the withdrawal fee is implemented so if you're redeeming uh, the the butter token, for instance, uh, there is a 50 basis point uh, redemption fee for that as well. When we launch the vaults, those are the, the single asset vaults, uh, then there will also be a, a potentially deposit fee. So the, the, the vaults have been created with that in mind. Whether we're going to enable it or not, that's a different story. Um, but, you know, they're... they're they have the functionality for uh, deposit fees, withdrawal fees, uh, management performance fees. Um, and, and, and the fees that we charge, uh, they would be competitive with you know, our peers and competitors. Awesome, maybe if you could um, tell us a little bit about which organizations are eligible to become beneficiaries uh, for popcorn. Yeah, sure. So we're focusing on three broad categories for organizations. Uh, we're looking at um, environmental initiatives, we're looking at educational initiatives, and open source projects as well. So uh, as long as your organization, if it's, you know, um, under one of these three categories, then there's a really good chance that it would be eligible to receive funding. And are you guys, um, can you maybe tell us a bit about the current uh, set of beneficiaries for Popcorn? Uh, so right now we're um, in the process of onboarding beneficiaries. So we have like a, a few that are in the pipeline. Um, uh, we also just recently, um, we also just recently uh, finished a Board Ape Yacht Club campaign where uh, the, the Board Ape Yacht Club holders were able to choose beneficiaries to, to receive funds. Uh, and I have to look up which ones received it because the, the, the announcement was just made recently. Um, l let me find that uh, and, and, and I'll get back to you. Additionally, there's the, or like the option for us to essentially work with given for an organization like that and leverage essentially the beneficiaries that they already have since they're already onboarded to Web3 and they have a lot of great candidates that perfectly fit into our uh, categories. So, so that's something that's probably going to come up. Gotcha. And in terms of voting in these, um, these beneficiaries, could you go a little bit into detail on how that voting process works? Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, the first step of the process is the, the nomination process. So uh, we're working on a grants UI. So token holders will be able to see uh, proposals for organizations that want to receive funding and want to become eligible to receive funding. Um, and, um, you know, when, when you go on to this website, which is currently in development right now, we're going to be launching it probably um, uh, later in the quarter. Um, when you go to the website, you'll be able to see all these uh, pending proposals. So as a token holder, if you've staked your tokens, uh, you'll be able to use the your, your voting weight and your voting power from staking those tokens uh, to basically say, yes, I want this organization to, to be eligible. Yes, I think they should be eligible because they meet these criteria. Um, 
And, or you could say, no, I, I, I don't want this organization or no, I don't think they actually meet the criteria. So on the website, when you, uh, when you go to this, you'll see all of the proposals, all of the beneficiaries that want to be um, onboarded to, to Popcorn as, uh, as potential grantees. Then uh, depending on when you go to it, there might be an open grant round. Uh, if there's an open grant round, then organizations will, um, will be displayed and then you'll be able to, um, you'll be able to uh, use your voting power accordingly. Uh, and you'll be able to allocate a percentage of your voting power for the different organizations uh, that are looking to get a grant. So um, essentially the, the amount that organizations get would be proportional to the voting power that was uh, basically allocated to them for, for receiving a grant. Gotcha. And I, I've read through your white paper a little bit, and I, I do see you guys have a, you guys make mention that there are potential, the possibility of civil attacks or bribery or, or collusion, like with all governance systems, there is this possibility. So how, how does Popcorn go about protecting against that? That's a great question. So um, we're um, in conversations with, um, with ClearFund, uh, so CLR.fund, uh, who has implemented um, something called Macy. Uh, so it's the minimal anti-collusion infrastructure. This was uh, basically a design that was um, uh, heralded by uh, by Vitalik Buterin, uh, and they had implemented this uh, some time ago. So uh, the basically the way that this works is um, it allows you to create uh, create proposals and, and 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 votes for proposal uh, without showing the direction that someone voted towards. So this is important because um, uh, if you know if someone voted for a particular organization, then you can, as an example, uh, bribe people. And uh, if, if we uh, make a baseline sort of value judgment that uh, we shouldn't have systems that allow people to do that, especially when nonprofits and social impact is involved, then, then we need to create systems that uh, prevent these things from happening. Um, so, um, yeah, we're, we're looking at integrating Macy um, for zero knowledge proofs for voting. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy that something. Can you guys hear me? I'm sorry, my mic's going in and out a little bit. Okay, perfect. No, I'm I'm happy that's something that you guys are you know taking a look at. It it's sad that it that it has to be looked at given like what you guys are doing is such a good thing you know trying to make sure that charities and organizations that that truly need the funds are getting funds um but you know i i guess that's a necessary evil sometimes in in this wild west of you know incentive programs to direct certain people to do certain things and you know things along those lines yep exactly it's always a great way to apply uh zero knowledge proofs of course in a very nifty way yeah mid- yeah you know Oh, sorry, Millie. Go for it. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, you know, I, I, I was going to transition into um, this, like, integration with synthetics, you know, because we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about how, you know, popcorn works and things of that nature. And I know you guys, uh, you know, discussed, like, a better butter and, you know, what's coming next. And that's you know, part of that is an inclusion to, uh, you know, partnering with synthetics here to an extent. Um, now, I just want to, like, give everyone, like, a brief explainer of the way that... Um, Popcorn is actually integrating because Popcorn is um, integrating to enable functionality with fixed Forex assets. Um, now, for people that don't know, um, fixed Forex, I think it's an, uh, an Andre Gronaire project that enables you to uh, do yield farming with non-USDC stables. Um, 
and a brief explainer, and I will definitely pass it over to Caleb because he'll do a better job than me, but a brief explainer on what these atomic exchanges do through synthetics is they allow users to um, exchange assets without fee reclamation by pricing since at a combination of uh, Chainlink and Dex oracles. Um, and to go into that a little bit, um, synthetics is, you could call it like the main issue on layer one. Oh, Caleb, I will let you hop in if you'd love to explain it. <laughs> I, I could yeah. Yeah, sure. No, it's, no it's, it, actually, you know, like what's interesting is that Andre himself wrote the SIP, the original SIP for atomic exchanges, and he's also the guy behind FixX. So it's a double coincidence there. So basically, um, the issue with uh, uh, doing trades uh, with using an oracle on um, on Ethereum is that the block uh, time is a bit slow. It takes a bit of time for uh, uh, oracles to push prices on the chain. And so if you rely on that, it's kind of hard to uh, get a measure of real-time prices, and therefore it's kind of hard to offer uh, trading. That's why you have like the Uniswap-type pools, the AMMs, that kind of provide it, or the curve pools as well, but um, that have a kind of a mechanism where it allows you to uh, front-run the LPs, but if uh, prices move in the other way, then these are balances are restored. So uh, the thing is that atomic exchanges, they kind of help with that by using those AMMs as a source of price. So for ETH and BTC, they use uh, Uniswap V3 pools uh, to be able to get a measure of what's the on-chain price. And accompanied with chain link protection, it uh, allows us to get a measure of approximately what would be the price of Ethereum or Bitcoin at any given moment, despite the slow block space. Now, for the case of um, the uh, additional SIP 198, which was like kind of uh, introduced after uh, some iteration of the original uh, uh, Andre SIP, is because that we noticed that there is this category of uh, things that you can trade, which are uh, Forex things. And these things, they don't need as much uh, uh, high-speed, uh, low-latency uh, price uh, uh, pushes because they're, they're like kind of stable. They're stable coins. So against dollar, they don't move by more than 5, 10 basis points every hour. So because of that reasoning, we could offer trading for these Forex uh, assets uh, without um, needing to use Uniswap. We can directly use Chainlink. And so that, that was it. We put, put it together, the, the plan of uh, allowing atomic exchanges on Ethereum with um, pure chain link pricing for Forex things. And uh, that was rolled out a few weeks ago. Hopefully, it will uh, result into more higher trading volume. And we know that uh, uh, for, for some reason, it's very, very... Uh, thought after for farming, especially on those convex pools that yield plus 100% plus APY. Caleb, could you, could you talk a little bit into um, why, like, you know, this change is, you know, allows us to offer Forex trading at, like, really competitive pricing? Like, just a little bit into that? Yeah, so uh, Forex uh, against dollar doesn't trade uh, really um, doesn't, doesn't have a lot of volatility. So uh, at any given 
moment in time, you can say that the price is within plus 15, minus 15 basis points. So if you're like, if your fees are kind of covering that latency, you should be able to provide uh, a trading venue without being uh, open to attack due to latency, due to Oracle price latency, especially on Ethereum. That's the, the that's the trick because Ethereum kind of block space is like 15 seconds. Uh, so if, if it takes 15 seconds to push up price on chain, if you offer Ethereum and Bitcoin within 15 seconds, prices can move by several uh, tens of basis points and sometimes even hundreds. So that isn't reasonable to offer at uh, Oracle price. That's a bit uh, slow for, to to push up price. But uh, for Forex, it's more than possible, and uh, because because prices simply don't move that much, and fees aren't don't need to be really high. That makes the product unattractive. And so that was the idea to allow for trades within the atomic exchange world of Forex uh, things, Forex assets, uh, atomically without fee reclamation. I just want to like give a background on what fee reclamation. Fee reclamation is one of those things that Kane, Kane came up with that's really bad for user experience. It's like kind of a price adjustment kind of mechanism where you like trade and the price that at which you are filled is the one that's pushed after like a few minutes. So users, as we, got, as we noticed, really aren't keen on fee reclamation because they prefer to be able to trade and execute at the price that they see right now on the chain, rather than the price they see in six minutes and uh, get surprised by it. And therefore, there was this concept of atomic exchanges where we hop, we use another feed to be able to supplement the chain link feed. And that was Uniswap V3. But, fix Forex, uh, but for Forex uh, things, we don't need a Uniswap price and it doesn't exist. You don't have like Korean one, uh, Swissy, uh, yen uh, type of Uniswap pools that offer some deep liquidity that, that doesn't exist right now. So we thought that we could offer them at pure chain link price if our fees were like high enough to cover the historical latency. And it seems to be effective. We don't see any. Um, all, all the trading that's happening on chain is mostly to be able to, to farm the convex pools, the forex uh, convex pools. Yeah, you know, Caleb, I, I think that's a very, a very interesting thing you bring up regarding um, how poor uh, a trading experience it is for like, let's just say you're trading a synth on layer one right now without atomic exchanges, without what Caleb just explained. What you pretty much have to do um, because of this, this latency is you have to wait like seven minutes or so to figure out like what price you got, which is yeah. a, a, a very poor trading experience for yeah, definitely. in crypto. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and that, yeah. To, anyone listening that's uh, the big reason that synthetics went to something like you know optimism where you, you don't have to deal with this sort of thing yeah um but there you know as caleb is saying there is a very deep use case for atomic exchanges bypassing this fee reclamation and bypassing the seven minute wait for stable assets like forex and that's where uh you know fix forex and then popcorn comes in and i just want to uh add something in there. like when you were talking about um uh swapping through atomic exchanges through these things like I'm sure people might be wondering, like, well, why don't they just switch um, between the curve pools that these synths are in, you know, currently? Like, why do they have to go through atomic exchanges? And the main reason here is 
when you go through an atomic exchange, you when you mint um, a foreign uh, sort of currency pegged uh, stable coin through synthetics, you you actually have access to unlimited uh, liquidity. So like the liquidity that you're minting at, whether it's you know one million, ten, or however much, it it, get, it has a zero price impact. If you were to do that through a curve pool, there would be um, a impact. So what happens with atomic exchanges is that you essentially swap out of from let's say a foreign currency to SUSD through synthetics, and at that point, you only the only thing that matters really is the SUSD liquidity on curve. But when you sw- swap from these um, foreign currencies through synthetics, you actually swap through SUSD through synthetics with zero slippage and into another um, you know foreign currency peg synth without having to worry about the depth of liquidity for the actual um, uh, other foreign currency on curve. So that's like a huge advantage that it gives. And so maybe if, uh, at this point, we could dive in a little bit into the part about how Popcorn integrates uh, with the fixed Forex. Yeah, so um, as you said before, Caleb, like the rewards currently on Convex and, and are pretty much the go-to yield farming, I'd say in the space um that certainly seems to be the matter right now if you can say so um but it was so far quite the process to integrate uh or like to use these pools from the synthetics and fixed forks side now with this improvement on synthetics and some other improvements on the fixed forks side it makes it much 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 easier for us essentially to quickly move um other stable coins that are um, like die or something and convert those in one batch in one transaction essentially into LP tokens, which can then be deployed in convex urine, etc. Which now allows us essentially to let a user deploy DAI, USDC, USDT, and SUSD, and then get this yeah this basket immediately out of all these different tokens, which previously would take you a, like a bunch of transactions. In order to to essentially arrive at four X, you would need uh, including approvals like 12 transactions or so which is just not feasible for uh, especially smaller users um, just from gas costs alone adding UX etc etc and now we can essentially integrate that in one smooth transaction through this uh, improvement just move die into the system convert it into different stable uh, like forex stable coins pool them put them into convex and earn nice yield on it That's the short version. Awesome. Uh, so, do you think you can maybe talk about a little bit um, about the uh, how this is automated and like for the end users and and on the back end, how the user just does one transaction and the back end takes care. Of- yeah, absolutely. So, um, as I said, it would be a lot of transaction for a user to do. Um, you have to swap your die into four different Forex tokens, deploy these four different Forex tokens into four different curve pools, then move these curve pool tokens over into urine or in convex, whatever you choose. And yeah, that's simply like a lot of hassle. And what we essentially build on top of that is a batch functionality. So you give us a die or other stable coins, and then daily, or if we reach a certain threshold, we move all this money into these contracts for you. We build a specialized contract that essentially does exactly that. 
So um, we either go through fixed forex and buy their forex tokens or go through synthetics, buy um, synth, synth forex tokens, and then do this whole process for you in one swoop transaction, which can then also be automated by keepers, essentially. And the nice thing also is that it's just way more competitive since I think fixed forex has no slippage currently or no, no fees and in synthetics we have these 15 basis points which is much better than before so uh, you also avoid paying uh, slippage in the pools awesome awesome and just just to like you know give everyone here like a little bit of the context like how did you guys decide that you wanted to go into something like you know fixed forex and these you know these um like these forex assets um like was there talk from your community was this uh you know you guys wanting to open the door to international users or, or things along those lines very curious on, on how this came to be yeah i, I think that's a, a another good question so um you know, diversification is really important when you're looking at your asset allocation for your portfolio. Um, and um, it turns out that most of DeFi when it comes to stable coins is um, looking at USD and USD peg stable coins. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, having something that is more diversified where um, you have exposure to different um, assets from, from sovereign nations that are, uh, that are strong and that are, um, uh, you know, they have their own respective strong currencies. Uh, having an asset allocation strategy that includes that is uh, something that is um, perhaps missing in the ecosystem. And then when you add the, the kind of yield that is uh, found on these uh, synthetic forex assets currently, uh, then it, it makes this idea of diversification even more appealing. Um, so it just seemed like a, a natural fit uh, within the DeFi ecosystem uh, this sort of basket is is missing, and um, you know to have um, to have an opportunity to to earn yield, um, you know the, the competitive yield um, that that's available on these assets, um, and to to group it all together uh, to make it really simple for users to uh, to have this sort of exposure, um, it it just seemed like a a, a natural fit um, and a missing piece in the DeFi ecosystem. Yeah, hundred percent. That you know, it like. Everything in DeFi has always been dominated in U.S. dollars, and that's just like you're missing out on a on a large amount of just you know disregarding these these international users who want to earn yields in the currency that you know uh, that they use on a day to day basis. Uh, so you know, really awesome that you guys are. Doing. Could you could you talk about what um, what currencies you're going to be supporting uh, through Fixed Forex? Yeah, sure. So we're we're looking at Euro, Japanese yen, um, Swiss franc, uh, Great British pound. We're also considering. Australian dollar and Korean won. Um, so the the actual composition is uh, to be determined, and it's going to be a, a matter of balancing um, the right assets with the right yield. Um, but this is generally the the assets that we're looking at. So Euro, Japanese yen, Swiss franc, um, Great British pound, uh, Korean won, Australian dollar. Um, these these are all on the table. I would also like to add that another advantage of this basket is not just the diversification, but that previously uh, you might want to rotate between these assets just to catch <clears throat> the highest yield. Uh, now we essentially just uh, average this whole thing out, so you will just always get the average best yield, essentially. You don't have to choose between different currencies. 
So I actually have uh, one other question. It probably should have asked a little bit earlier talking about um, the sort of the beneficiaries and uh, the voting process. Uh, I understand there's a uh, Popcorn Foundation Council. Do you guys maybe want to talk a little bit about the Popcorn Foundation and, uh, and the council's role in the foundation? Yeah, sure. So the foundation is in the process of being set up. Um, so um, we have um, council in and, and, and Switzerland that is working on setting up the foundation. Um, and so that means that the, the, the council for the foundation uh, has not been established yet. Um, so um, this is for a couple of reasons. One, the organization is not uh, officially um, established yet. And then also um, we're, we're looking for, um, we're looking for community members. We're looking for uh, people to, to represent um, the, the foundation council as well. So this is a process that uh, is currently underway. So um, with, with our particular strategy, we're focusing on building these DeFi products um, first to, to attract the, the capital and to attract the, um, the fees. And then once we have these established products and we've established ourselves in the space, um, we'll, we'll then start focusing much more on attracting more beneficiaries and, uh, on, um, and then by that time we'll have the council set up as well. Um, so it's just a matter of uh, order of operations here. Awesome. And I think um, uh, one question that uh, I, I think the community might have, in terms of the beneficiaries, so we did talk about like how they, they finished like three categories, environmental, um, open source, uh, and free software, education, educational, and um, reduce inequality and, and free press sort of a category. I kind of want to um, ask is, do these sort of um, beneficiary entities have to be non not for profit, or could they be like um, for profit but uh, public facing organizations, or like maybe uh, public benefits corporations? Do they have to be like a, have a specific type of uh, legal status? Another good question. So um, the answer is no. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have the, the legal status um, to to be eligible to receive funding. Um, ultimately, we do have this criteria and we have token holders that are going to be uh, making their best judgment to to make organizations eligible to receive funding, and that's based on their understanding of the, the criteria. Um, but one of the things that we want is to keep this open for um, for upstarts, for, for small organizations who are uh, just trying to establish themselves that may not have gone through the, uh, the formalities of getting, you know, an organization set up, but that doesn't mean that they're they're not creating impact and that they're not doing something that is worth funding. And so we want to keep this open. We want to keep the opportunity for those kind of organizations to receive funding as well. Um, so th that's kind of how we're um, how we're approaching that. We also have a partnership with Giveth. Um, so Giveth has done a, a pretty incredible job at on, uh, onboarding nonprofit organizations and uh, social impact organizations that may not necessarily be registered. Uh, but again, are, are providing valuable contributions to, to local and global communities alike. And uh, through our partnership, we're, we're looking to onboard uh, their their roster of, of charities as well. Um, so while it's very important to to be um, to be working under one of these uh, broad categories of social impact and uh, of public goods, um, it's not necessary to um, to have. The, uh, the legal nonprofit designation in, in, in whatever uh, jurisdiction you reside in. And the other issue is that, you know, since we're working 
I mean, blockchain is uh, borderless and, um, you know, there's um, no, no legal designation for, uh, for nonprofits in the blockchain world. Um, we we want to have um, a broad reach. We want to be able to, to create impact uh, and to support nonprofit organizations and, and, and just public goods uh, uh, initiatives all over the globe, uh, no matter, you know, where you are or, um, you know, what kind of legal designation you have. Um, we're, we're not looking to onboard for-profit for corporations. Um, this would most likely include um, the public benefit corporations, um, but everything else is uh, fair and uh, very likely to be eligible to receive funding. That's pretty awesome. And I guess I have like one other question along those lines. And um, I'm pretty curious to know, um, how does Popcorn uh, fund most of its development right now? So we have, um, we raised um, some money from uh, VCs and uh, through a uh, public uh, token launch auction uh, last year. And so we are, are basically funded through, um, through those contributions that were made last year. And to cycle back to the beneficiary side, um, I would also like to simply add that since all of this is commissioners and essentially anyone could come in and propose new beneficiaries, I think the in, most interesting part of this is that um, now smaller organizations can get money that usually wouldn't necessarily show up or have the manpower and resources to go fundraising, like local schools or other things. Like Especially in the beginning, I think um, since we are still establishing ourselves in the space, fees will not be in a territory where it would be interesting for uh, Greenpeace or something like that but even a couple of thousand euros for school or something like that makes such an impact. And this is an organization that otherwise we would never be able to find. And only in this like permission is an open um, system. Just anyone could come up and say that they found someone that would be interested in um, contributing essentially. Yeah. And, and um, I, I uh, just to tack on to that point, um, I, I looked at, the, the organizations that were recently chosen by um, one of our, our campaigns. Um, and so uh, some of the organizations are uh, Pathways to Education, uh, Rock Your Life, Panthera, and Rhino Arc Foundation. Um, so these are um, educational and environmental uh, initiatives that, um, uh, that were nominated by, uh, in, in this case, since the, the nomination system is not yet Live, this was uh, these organizations that were nominated to receive funding by uh, Board Yacht Club holders. Um, yeah, so those are some of the organizations. And yeah, uh, to, to Leon's point, um, you know, we, we want to um, we want to promote organizations that are smaller and that can actually uh, you know make a difference in their local communities. And they may not you know necessarily have the the visibility of large organizations. So I, I think that's uh, a, a very good point that you bring up, Liam. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Um, I I know I had one question from a community member. Uh, you know, going into this, um, one of the community members asked when you guys potentially you know coming off to optimism or you know where where synthetics lives. 
<laughs> uh, that's a, that's a great question. It's been on my mind uh, quite quite a bit recently, actually. Um, so optimism is very much values aligned, mission aligned. Um, we we actually participated in a hackathon last year, and we were uh, awarded a prize by by optimism. Um, and so you know we we, we definitely um, have a a connection to to that world, and uh, we. Yeah, we're, this is something that we're, we're closely considering. Um, it, it may happen uh, in, in the near future. Awesome, awesome. Always great to hear. Always great to hear. And I, I know there's a bunch of, uh, you know, yield farming opportunities over on Optimism as well, so you guys could, could totally check that out. But, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave this time for, for any uh, audience questions. If anyone wants to uh, raise their hand, I'll pull them up. DM me as well. Um, something that I mentioned in the beginning, um, but if you are on desktop, you're not going to be able to, um, you're not going to be able to request to speak. So just something to keep in mind. Um, yeah. So if anyone has any questions, go for it. Um, Millie, Caleb, if, if you have anything else that you want to ask, go for it as well. Um, but yeah, so we'll give uh, people in the community a couple minutes. And this, the desktop thing is not because, uh, we don't allow people to, to speak from our desktop. Just Twitter, the Twitter feature only works on, uh. This, the speaker feature for Twitter only works on mobile phone for some reason. So sorry about that. Yeah, weird, weird thing about Twitter. You know, maybe maybe Elon will fix it. Maybe he's fighting with bots. Who knows what's what's going on in Twitter land these days? Who knows if he's um, still gonna um, acquire? Yeah, it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, if there's no other questions, otherwise, um, in, the, in the next few moments, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, really appreciate the insight. Uh, really humbling project. You know, you guys are doing humble work. Um, obviously, in a world where everything's profit-driven, uh, it's sobering to see and nice to see uh, a project that's aiming for something different, which uh, there's very few of them out there. Uh, maybe Optimism is one of the big ones who are sort of, as Anthony mentioned, very uh, mission-aligned with popcorn, but there's definitely not that many. And it's just, it's great. It's great to see this initiative. Hopefully we see more. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate um, synthetics and giving us the opportunity to, uh, to be up here with you guys and asking such great questions. Hey guys, it was, it was really awesome having you all. Um, also awesome having Caleb here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for attending Caleb. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys, we're all set. So have a good one, and we'll be announcing another Spartan Space relatively soon. Have a uh, have a nice upcoming weekend, guys. Take Thank care. you. Thanks,